0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest, is Josh Trent. He is the podcast host, creator of Wellness and Wisdom. And I saw him on Instagram. You know, I love my vitamins and supplements or anything that can keep me healthy and young. And he was endorsing a product that I ordered and I've been taking. I definitely don't get any, <laughs> anything from this, but it's called Mana M-A-N-N-A. M-A-N-N-A. So I was watching that and I was listening to him talk. And so I started, you know, me going down the rabbit hole of Josh Trent. And I realized he has been in this industry. He's been doing podcasts for the last 10 years when it was brand new, really, and has just had an incredible journey. And he's actually from San Diego. He's lived here for 40 years. He now lives in Austin, Texas after the pandemic or during the pandemic. But um, you'll love him, you know, and there's somebody that you, well, for me anyway, when I am looking for people to share with you, and I don't know if there's going to be the chemistry, but I can kind of feel it. <laughs> but when I was looking at different videos he was on and listening to podcasts and really finding his story and what he does is breath work, um, very fascinating when we got on the call and you know he's a professional podcast guy so you know I'm on my best podcast behavior and oh he's just the sweetest we just connected right away it was like instant like i've known him forever so i know you'll feel that vibe right away when we get on here we we'll re- we realized we worked the right same gym not at the right at the same time but small world and are connected to a lot of similar people. So anyway, it was so fun to interview him. I'll give you a little bio about him, but he does explain his journey and why he does what he does on the podcast. But let me read this from his website. Since 2004, he's been on a wellness journey in search of the truth. The truth about how to embody more focus and time to best serve others, to contribute and to make a difference. The truth about how to embody more energy in my mind, body to be fully present and more physically and emotional intelligent, to live life well and to leave a legacy for those I love. His curiosity wasn't satisfied unless he could pull something apart and put it all back together again. To deconstruct was to understand, and so his personal, professional, and wellness paths, it has been just the same. There's more to that, but we will get into it. He's just this man, he just became a father for the second time a few months ago, and so he has little kids, and um, I just really loved him, and I know you'll see that when you hear this interview. Before we introduce you to Josh. I just want to remind you of my Raising Confidence course. The classes I have each week for parents, they're on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The times change, so connect with me, DM me, email me, ashleygonner at gmail.com. We have amazing conversations about morning routine, gratitude practices, vision uh, boards, and limiting beliefs and how to get your Teenagers to break free of the limiting beliefs before they head off and start making decisions. And in their future, they go to college or what, what the future holds for each one of them. And, you know, when, when I know for Paige, and I know I've said this before, but we're getting so close to this college decision and, you know, going, we're going to travel to a few colleges in the next couple of months to see about the crew because she, you know, races. For the crew team. But it's just a different experience as a mom. Um, I, I've always watched these moms say how hard that was to drop your, you know, drop their children off at college. And I just remember me going to college <laughs> and my mom and dad helping me unpack and then them leaving and driving their five hour trek home from Pullman, Washington at Washington State. But um, it wasn't, it was so different. And I just realized, you know, th- the days that when we were kids, you know, without the social media and all the things that are going on right now, it was just so, you know, matter of fact, I guess. I don't, there was no fear. And not that I'm saying there's fear, but when you have set these critical mindset tools with your kids and you, they've grown up with it and they've learned, how to make the right choices because they know their values. Their limiting beliefs are open and understanding that they are only limiting and that you are able to do anything and be anything and have anything. And everything's always working for you, not to you. All these little tools that I believe are so important when those kids get to that college or go to you know, their first apartment or job, whatever they decide to do, And knowing as a parent in this world that they have all those gifts and those tools is so important. I can't even explain if Paige wasn't, if I hadn't programmed her um, her whole life, I would not be in the same place. So reach out to me if you have anyone going to college, in college, struggling as a parent with teenagers. I love connecting with parents and helping them and I just am very passionate, as you can tell, and I appreciate everybody who sent people to me. oh my gosh i it's amazing when out of the blue, someone listens to this podcast, doesn't know me personally, but knows me through the podcast, and gives my name to her friends that have teenagers that are struggling. That's happened a few times in just the last few weeks. So I thank you. You know who you are. It's just a blessing. And I get so excited to help these families get on the right track, figure out the tools that these kids need right now more than ever. And I will stop talking about that, but I do obviously have a passion for that. And I appreciate everyone who supports that and understands the importance of raising conscious teenagers and kids. So without further ado, let's bring on Josh Trent to the show. Welcome, Josh.
1: Ashley, let's do this. Thank you for having me here.
0: Oh my gosh. So let's go down my, how I found you, Josh. So I'm in the health. I've always, you know, I knew Paul Check when I used to work at the gym at the sporting club. He used to work out there.
1: (laughs) Oh, in La Jolla? Yes. I used to work there. What? Yeah.
0: No way. Yeah, well, I, I did used too. to work at the Did we work club. there together? The
1: Aventine.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. we work there together?
1: No. Gosh, oh. what year was that? 20, 2008,
0: 2009, something like that. Oh, okay. No. So I was there yeah. before like the end of 19, from the past 1992 Actually. probably 93 wow. when i graduated from college yeah so anyway i just i so i'm i'm that girl right like workout healthy always you know million supplements what's the newest thing i do organify i know all the stuff you take yeah. um, but it. um that manna is what drew me to you cuz i was watching the um this thing. And then I started going down that hole. And I, so yeah. I'm probably on my fourth box. And th- that's probably how long I've been following you.
1: Listen, yep. shout out. Oh, my not gosh. To like Not to bring this on your show, but you were talking about it. I have it right here. I oh take, oh, my gosh. I sometimes do three packets, four packets a day. Oh, it's so oh you do? It's okay, replaced I'm gonna my take caffeine. Then. Oh, I don't my gosh. Do caffeine anymore.
0: It's such a difference. I was I just telling it. my husband, I'm like, if you can swallow it, <laughs> I made my girls swallow it. They're like, mom, I'm going to throw up.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's definitely salt of the earth.
0: Yes, but yeah. I can tell a difference. Yeah. So that's where I yeah, began my Josh uh, deep dive. So I'm, as you, podcaster, longer than me, I've been, this is, I'm going on my almost, it'll be four years the next year. So three and a half years. Hey, that's and uh I'm in my almost 200th episode. Haven't missed a week. Love it so much. So when I learn about someone, like getting ready for an interview like you do, You know, it's just, you surprised me. And the cool thing, and why, and I wanted you to explain, I want to explain my background. So I'm an older parent like you. My children are 14 and 16 or 17. I had them when I was 37 and 40. I know you're 42, right?
1: Yeah, 43, actually.
0: 43. Okay, missed a birthday.
1: Hey.
0: With a newborn girl. And then Nova is what? A little over two. Yeah, he's two. And so, you know, then I start seeing, oh, he's a dad, you know, met, you know, not married, but in this amazing relationship and and then I start looking and seeing your story. And I go back and I go, "Oh my gosh, he's such a conscious parent." Because that's me. I've done all my deepest work from the sporting club <laughs> to before I I didn't meet Richard till I was 35. But I went to Tony Robbins. I did all the Abraham Hicks. You know, I do all the seminars, everything, you name it, Wayne Dyer. I do all that, right? So I'm really deep. I do all everything. And I knew when I had children that when I did, it was going to be, we were going to be conscious and intentional. So here I am listening to Josh talk and hearing about his childhood. You know, we all have our childhoods. And as a parent, we tried to create this childhood and you're new in the beginning and I'm toward the end. And we look back at our childhood and we hopefully try to put the stick in the wheel and stop that hamster wheel. (laughs) At least try. So I, I, in 2020, when I started this podcast, I didn't know why. It was just this little something in my head said, Ashley, you got to do a podcast. I'm thinking, what? but i do say yes a lot and i really promote people you got to say yes like tony robbins mm-hmm. says and it was right at the pandemic two weeks before i signed up for this class was when i had to go pick the girls up from school and i said oh that's why i started this podcast i'll have all the time in the world right i'm not going to be driving them around and and so all of a sudden i have like three solo out solo episodes out we're in the middle of this pandemic or the pandemic that we, I can call it too. And I have every parent that is listening, help my kid. Can you help my kid? People in my dining room, these little kids that are, these parents are like, they're struggling, they're struggling. And your kids are not because they know everything's working for them. And, you know, we see the height, we come from the higher perspective. They've been programmed in this certain way, like mm-hmm. you are programming your children. So, I want to say, I would love for you to start because you use your traumas or your, your moments of, if you think the dark night of the soul people talk about, or the dark, you know, the lower parts of life, and you've moved it to this level <laughs> that is just beautiful. And I am so in awe of the way you've turned that into, you've you've put the, the spoke the you've changed the hamster wheel, is I guess I could say. So let's go back to 25 or 21. It's when you're at the party, you're uh, drinking, you look down at your stomach and you're like, oh my gosh, get me out of here.
1: No, yeah. oh, I love it. I love the prep you did. Wow, Ashley. Thank you. Yeah. Um, alcohol is a really interesting distraction tool. And for me, it was no different. I was trying to distract myself from how I felt. And so, you know, I didn't have much emotional intelligence at the time. Of course, my my physiology and my heart was screaming at me. I just didn't have my panels clean to hear it. So I got to this place where, like you said, I was 21 and it was at by SDSU. I think I was at a house party drinking there, much like people do in their low 20s. Right. And for a long time, I had battled weight issues. And really what I know now is they're connected to a sense of self-hatred and a lack of self-love. You know, this illusion of separation that we all tend to believe either from ourselves or others. And so drunk on the illusion, I was drunk on beer at that time. Mm-hmm. And I looked down at this stomach and I saw it hanging over and I just, I felt so much hatred for myself and I felt so much disconnection from my family and I just felt like the world was out to get me. I it's a classic victim archetype. Right, Caroline right. Mice, one of the yes, one of the that. four survival archetypes. So, so in this victim archetype, the best thing that can happen is to get propelled forward by anger, because anger is more powerful than despair. Despair is very close to apathy. If you look at the Hawkins scale, it's very mm-hmm. low vibration. So I got to this place where I used anger, and I ran home drunk, and I got home and I, I think at the time I had this huge computer, you know, the kind where you'd have to actually physically pick them up. Right. This is back in the day, y'all. This is like, maybe our laptops were just coming out then. I don't know. 2000, 2001. And I got home and I, I think I typed in a, a phrase like, how do I be healthy or how do I lose weight? Something like that. And that took me on this 18 month journey of like losing almost 90 pounds and wow. gaining some back and then just being So disconnected from everything that it was when I lost the weight that I started to feel connected to myself. But the fuel source, the substrate was not sustainable because I was trying to lose weight so that women would accept me so that I would have some kind of connection with the feminine. Because for so long I had been overweight and you know, an overweight man is not attractive to the feminine because it signals something deeper. So the feminine are really smart in that way. So anyways, long story short, I sold everything I owned. I moved to Oahu. One of the islands of Hawaii and I, I found surfing and I found hiking and I just found nature. I found this feminine cooling that I had been searching for my whole life. And you know, my mom did the best she could and my dad did the best that he could. And look, sometimes the best that parents do, it's just quite simply not enough. And that's okay. It's not to shame them. It's not to make them wrong. It's just simply not enough. And so without the proper tools and with the self-hatred and with the lack of self-awareness and without emotional intelligence, I was ripe. (laughs) I was (laughs) ripe, Ashley, for a reckoning. You know, a, a soul reckoning. And sometimes when these soul reckonings come, they come when you least likely expect them or they come with the largest amount of pain. But on the other side of pain is the most joyous life you could ever imagine. Right. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of magic to uncover on the other side of pain. <laughs> yes. You really want to uncover your magic. So I am in Hawaii and I'm I'm learning about nature and the ocean and just just feeling good finally for the first time in so long. And I found personal training out there. And I'll never forget, I was talking to this fitness manager at a 24-hour fitness there, and he was like, Hey, you should I've seen you get good results since you've been in the gym here. You should you should think about training people. And I was like, training people? What is that? <laughs> What what is training? And then I got so attracted to that line of work. I did it for 10 years. It was the most beautiful thing. And I got to the end of my career as a trainer, but I didn't know it yet. Because really what was beckoning me forth was the fact that I was shining this super bright light on my clients and on everyone else and making everybody else's life awesome. But guess what part of me was still dark? It was the part of me that was holding the flashlight, shining light on other people. And there was still this darkness in between me and the light because I hadn't turned the flashlight around and shined it on myself. And this is what chiropractors, physical therapists, yoga instructors, trainers, like we've all done it. And so it's not to shame us. It's, I think it's just part of the evolution. It's part of our maturation. So then I got to this point where I literally had a dark night of the soul. I was done with training. I put my mom in a mental home. My mom struggled with pretty severe bipolar at the time. I broke up with a woman I thought I was going to marry. I mean, it was like in the course of, in less than six months, it was like three big uppercuts to my chin. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do for work. I didn't have any financial security. I had no relationship that I thought I was going to have. And sacral chakra family was in trouble. So what did I do? I cried. I packed up all my shit in duffel bags and I put it in my Subaru and stayed in my friend's place in La Jolla in a spare bedroom in the beginning of 2015. And I just had a night where I was looking at at the Omni La Costa in Carlsbad. And I was just crying to God. I was literally crying and I was shaking. And I was just like, I'll I'll never forget the the Mexican tile on the outside of his deck overlooking the Mm -hmm. golf course. Super late at night with the fog rolling in. It was like a scene from a movie. And I just cried to God. And I said, God, if you want my life to be like this, if this is what life is supposed to be like, I don't want to be here anymore this is not what I want. And I just, I made a a promise to myself and I made a promise to God that night. It's like, if you just please show me the way, like show me the breadcrumbs, show me what I'm supposed to do. Just guide me, give me something, show me that you're real. Then I won't have to leave the planet. Now I'm not saying that I was going to commit suicide, but I surely didn't want to go back to where I was. I think you've been there and maybe we've all been there. You ever get to a place where you're absolutely done with the path you're on and you will never in blood Mm. on your life, on the life of your children, on your soul, never go back to what you had before. Right. That's where I was. And so I said, I'm either gonna make this work and do what I wanna do, which is holding conversations that are powerful and conscious and move people and tell great stories and uncover all the wisdom that I've learned and will learn, or I'm not gonna do anything. I'm literally not gonna do anything. I went into $80,000 in debt. I didn't have any roadmap to be an entrepreneur. I ended up getting out of that debt later on, which is a whole nother story through the power of money and, and the relationship that I have with money now and my own maturity and my own spiritual maturation process. But yeah, like story within a story within a story, the dark night of the soul, I feel like for most of us, repeats every three to five, seven years. I think we're meant to do that because healing is a spiral. And I didn't know it at that time, but the spiral that I was on was bringing me up and forward Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it because it didn't quote feel like it because I, my nervous system and my psyche and my consciousness had not been open to the will of God, to the unfolding of the magic of the universe. It's just not something I was aware of. And so that was the beginning of a true spiritual process for me where I actually had to trust something besides myself. The, probably the first time my whole life I'd ever trusted an ever present loving energy that was guiding me because I literally had nothing else to give. I had no more fuel. I had no more anything. I was empty. I was fucking empty. And so when I cried on that tile and I had this moment where I came back in the room and I had this rickety plastic stand in the spare room that I was staying and I I was like, you know, I'm going to buy a new laptop. I don't even know how I'm going to afford it. I'm going to buy a new laptop. I'm going to buy the equipment that I need. I'm going to take this seriously. And that that one moment with God started a, a momentum for me. It started an evolution, which I believe evolution is really just how much I love myself, how much I'm willing to pay attention to, like you said, the words in your head that made you start a podcast or the little tickles we get that are that turn into sledgehammers to quote Gay Hendricks, if we're not paying attention, like I paid attention to that tickle and the voice was, just keep going. That was what God's voice said, was just keep going. And that repeated over the course of my life, by the way, that phrase, just keep going. It happened in vision quests, it's happened in ceremonies. And um, yeah, that's what led me here to you, nine years, almost nine years later.
0: I know, but when I think about it, it's not even been 10 years since that moment in La Costa. No, yeah. And it's like... I want to talk about, because you you went into, you found mentors, you've done your plant medicines, you've now discovered breath work. I'd love to go into that. But before we do that, I want you to explain like, when you do have that, like the trust, you have that moment because I was with you and I saw the tile and the the mist in the air because I've been to that golf course and I can picture living in Carlsbad. That was where my spa was. Yeah. And I've lived in Carlsbad when i'm sitting there listen, listening to you cuz i've had i my moment when it, when you're asking me you know like you've had those moments and i i went back to my moment and i remember thinking i this has got to change like i can't continue i can't there's got to be more to this there's got to be more yeah. and it's that that moment you make that decision it like i feel like for me it's like the it's the trusting and the surrendering To just follow those breadcrumbs and just go. Like, I think I just kept going and picking those up and saying yes more and kept moving forward and listening and trusting that voice. And I, knowing that, and I was probably when that moment happened, like late twenties, when I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to figure this out. But what explain that moment? Because people, a lot of times why you come to my mind of like, wow, he really, he really listened and he did trust and surrender and go. And say yes to the, just saying yes to the podcast, right? Like starting a podcast, you're the first one, the first, well, this, the one you run now, but change the name, but you just, what is that? What do people, when they're listening, I'm just thinking of what people will listen when they're listening to you and me say, gosh, you guys figured it out and started going down that other yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. What is that?
1: It's the acceptance that you don't have it figured out, but you're willing to move forward anyways. That's that's really what that is. It's a belief. It's a faith. You know, those terms can be interchangeable depending on if you really feel the energy of the etymology of those two words. It's like, when I have faith in something, I'm having faith and I have a belief and I have a, a knowing regardless of the evidence that's around me, regardless of what my environment looks and feels like or sounds like, I believe in my heart, I've created a choice point within myself. And from that choice point, I decide how to act because truly the magic of everything, which I love that title in your podcast, the magic of everything in life, I'm 43 and I'm just like, wow, this just popped for me recently. And I learned it in a training in 2014 and it really it took this long <laughs> for it to stick, right? <laughs> it's this. It's a concept that goes right to the heart of your question because the heart of your question is, what is that? What is that that makes people move forward towards their heart, towards their dreams, towards the magic they want to create in their life, yet they don't have any evidence around them that it's real. They only believe it with their eyes closed when they feel their heart, when they breathe, right? Mm-hmm. So at the core of this, the answer is encapsulated in the question itself. And this is the paradox of the universe that we all dance with. This is so crazy. So if I want to have something, then who do I get to be And who do I get to be that does certain things that allows me to have the thing that I want? But we do it freaking backwards. And I did it backwards forever. Yes. I thought if I have this, if I do this, then I can be successful. It's fucking backwards. I'm here to tell you, if you take one thing from this podcast, just listen very closely here. Your life and uncovering your magic and living your dream is accomplished by you being doing, and then having. That's it. That's the trick. That's the trick that we've all been puppeteered on by society and the media and pharmacology and agribusiness and everything we've ever been taught since we were in our mother's womb and before they were in their mother's womb has been feeding us this complete bullshit story that you have to have this and then you're loved. You have to do that and then you're accepted. You have to have this look and then you'll be loved. It's all bullshit. I'm here to tell you, everything that you need and I need is within us now, right now. Not five minutes from now or not when I get quote fully healed. Right, Everything that we need is within us now. It's just the uncovering process. It's It's how do we uncover our magic? Because the magic that we're really uncovering is this. When we decide that we are loved, when we decide that we are valuable, when we decide that we're worthy, I mean, it makes me emotional just telling you about it. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. When we decide these things and we feel them in our heart and we feel them in our being, that's when the universe reorganizes itself around us.
0: Mm-hmm. There's,
1: there's nothing that can get in the way of that. Yeah. You might have challenges, but that's part of the healing spiral. That's part of evolution.
0: Right. Oh,
1: but that's 100%. the magic. That's the thing. That's your question. What is that? How do, they, how do they do that? Well, they do that by being that first. We right. be a great mother, a great father, a loving human. Then we do the things that a great father, a great mother, a loving human would do in the world, and then guess what? We have an amazing family, we have a beautiful body, we have money in our bank account, but we're all taught backwards, and that is the grand facade that everyone has been force-fed, almost like geese being, you know, fed so their liver gets fat. They're mm-hmm. fed food. We are all fat and drunk on lies that have nothing to do with loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, being worthy in our hearts. That's the ticket. That's the secret. It took me so freaking long to learn it. And I'm still embodying it, by the way.
0: right? There's still moments that come up from
1: childhood and just from programming and and also the collective. If you look at Jung's work, right, the collective comes through our dreams and embodies in archetypes. That are sometimes, you know, Caroline Meiss describes them as the as the core survival archetypes, but there's three more. There's the mother and the father and the and the Imago Day. Right. So these, these archetypes run our lives. We just don't know it yet. But in all of these archetypes, there is this wisdom and this solution in the problem itself that if we can just take a breath, pull way above the problem, loosen our grip on our model of the world and look down and say, wow, how can I be more loving to myself in this moment? How can I be more loving to someone else? How can I treat myself and others with respect and care and worthiness? I promise you the answers will come way faster than it did for me crying to God on a towel floor in the middle of the night with fog in the air. You don't have to have those moments. Maybe we do. Maybe that's part of the story, Ashley, is like mm-hmm. we we have to have these dark nights of the souls or this healing spiral, spiral repeated times in order for it to stick because... If you've been to Robbins you know there's two motivations pain and pleasure. So right. for me I'm more motivated now by pleasure. What can I do for my family? How can I provide? How can I give to my audience? That's the magic. That that's mm-hmm. how we uncover it.
0: Oh, I love it. That's the best answer anyone's ever given me on this show. <laughs> so glad I asked you that. So, I know we you believe in God and we're all one and I have we have similar beliefs and I want to ask you so when you look at your childhood and your mom and dad, who you, I believe that we pick our parents. Do you believe in that?
1: I believe the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Because so that's an empowering that. belief, regardless of the fact that we did or did not choose our parents, which one's more empowering? Now, this is where it starts to mm. glitch people's psyche. Where right. they're like, what do you mean I chose my parents? And that's fine. That's part of the ego. And, and I believe that for a long, whatever I didn't choose the abuse. I didn't choose the pain. No way I consciously chose that. It's all unconscious. It's mm-hmm. at an unconscious level. It's unconscious incompetence. We don't even know that we don't know why we chose them. And that's why the grand mystery unfolds
0: coming from, you know, looking at your life and you always talk, I say, you know, from the higher perspective and you talk about 30,000. What do you talk? How do you say 30, that? 30,000 feet. Yeah. yeah 30,000 feet like you're an airplane yeah. and you're looking down at your life and you see your childhood and you see it up until you had that moment when you were 21 and you see how your mom raised you by, she was bipolar. You didn't have a great connection with your dad. He left when you were little, but when you chose those two souls to be your parents in this lifetime, and now look at you, you chose, and I'm going back to the same thing. You've, you've stopped the hamster wheel. And I, yeah. so when I'm with these parents and these kids that I'm working with now with for the past like three, four years since I, it came to me, it's the conscious parenting. It's the ones that are here with me on zoom. Help my kid. You know, we need to change this. I have grandparents that are trying to help their grandkids because they see the hamster wheel continuing and they're yeah. like see their, their children rent, wrecking, raising these children. So like with just what they know, right? But I want you to tell me your story on how you see it 30,000 feet above of your parents and why you chose them and all those, those, I don't know, I don't say trauma, but the things that the beliefs, the limiting beliefs that you learn, you know, we are all pretty much programmed till we're seven and they did that. They programmed you and you figured a way to deprogram that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, let's go in three gears. Let's go first, second, third gear. Okay. So the very first gear, if you downshift, we could just climb up a mountain here. We are all brought into this world with a certain contract. Now, whether you follow follow any spiritual teacher is irrelevant. There is just certain things that some people innately are gifted at. Would you agree? Some people are just innately gifted at some things. Yes, exactly. Okay. So how do we explain that? What, how do you actually put a meaning on that? I think that's what the spiritual teachers in both, you know, contemporary and ancient have tried to do with this concept of Dharma or this concept of a, of a soul contract. So whatever nomenclature that we want to put on it today, put mm-hmm. that on it and, and make it feel good. That's the first gear. I came into this world with a contract to be born into a family where my mother was doing the best she could, but she was struggling with her own mental health. I signed a contract before I came into this world to be the son of a father who was struggling with his own mental health, with his own issues from his parents. So if you want me to go now second gear, we can fly way above my own life story, which is, by the way, a microcosm of every single human story. I don't care if you were born into a millionaire family, if you were born in South Central, however and whenever you came into the world most of my story will resonate with you because we've all experienced it. This is like a universal thing for human beings. So if we go three thousand feet and I look down and I can float above my timeline and I can see exactly how and when it happened. And I knew that I was an egg in my mother when she was born from my grandmother. Think about that. Right. If you look at the work of Mark Woland, it didn't mm-hmm. start with you and generational trauma and family constellations. I was an egg inside of my mother when she came out of my grandmother. So on a, on a very visceral, psychological, and physical level, I was already predestined to have the life I'm having now to sign the contract I signed to be here now when my mother was born in 1949,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: then connects to my grandmother being born in the early 1900s and my relatives in Sicily, and then all the way back to time itself. Now, this is a very esoteric concept and it's hard for people to grasp. But if literally you and I are breathing the same air, we all come from the same creator, whether you're atheist or Christian or whatever, you cannot deny that we are a creation. So something created us out of no thing, by the way. That's another concept. Mm -hmm. So regardless of your beliefs, like we came here. So part of us coming here is in the recapitulation and the repatterning of how does life happen for me instead of to me or against me? That is maturity. and. To the degree that you've had capital T trauma or lowercase t trauma in your life, that is the degree of that trauma, how much you are destined to mature in this lifetime. The more trauma, the more problems, the more growth potential. It's not easy. Nobody said it would be. But looking back, when I float above my timeline, I can say, wow, at 43, I have true understanding and compassion for what my father went through, being raised by a a hyper-religious father himself that didn't ever say anything, that lived on the plains in Wyoming in the early 1900s and had thin shoes where he wore a a hole from his toe in the leather, like true poverty. Like that's the underpinnings of my lineage and my family in Sicily that came over to, to Ellis Island that had a number in chalk written on their clothing and they were given a name Can you imagine what our ancestors went through? What the suffering and the true pain that we can only even begin to imagine. Like that's the roots of where we came from. And then even before that, how we murdered an entire an entire race, essentially, took away their culture, Native Americans. And then we came over from, I'm going to go deep here because you wanted me to go into the full story. So we came over from England and we were oppressed. And when we landed in 1776, guess what we did? We unconsciously started treating the people exactly like we were treated. We came to America because we wanted to be free. Yet we took the freedom of the Native Americans and killed all their people and killed their culture. So what I'm saying is when we look back, we have to be conscious. I'm conscious of the meaning that I put on the trauma that has occurred on my dad leaving, on my mom having bipolar, all of these things, all of these things, all of these things. I could probably sit here and we could list 500 things that hurt really bad. And we all could do it. You could do it. I could do it. Everybody. Right. But the only thing that propels us forward and that actually gives us fuel for life is the love and compassion and understanding for what they went through. Mm -hmm. for what mom and dad went through, for what grandpa and grandma and greats and great-greats and great-great-greats, what did they go through? I had this moment in a vision quest once.
0: Mm, Good, I'm glad you're going to say this. I was going to ask you that, go.
1: I had this moment because I realized that, and it was after four days of fasting, I'll just just quickly here. So we're all floating above my timeline, but I want everybody to float above their life too. Mm-hmm. because everything that i'm saying and that i'm about to say is you too because right. we all come from the same creator right. the same creation so i'm in a vision quest and i i reached down after 4 days of fasting literally just water for 4 days out by myself no speaking no technology nothing you are out there in nature and it's just you and your breath and your thoughts and your connection with spirit that's it
0: And a sleeping and, bag and like and a, a sleeping
1: bag and, and like a, a little piece tarp of
0: tarp right yeah, yeah but no tent, tent right? no
1: no luxuries, just, okay. just enough to keep warm and semi comfortable. I mean, it ain't right. that comfortable. <laughs> right. Sleep on the ground. <laughs> so I, I get back to the group and we're sharing. And, uh, I had, I mean, full blown psychedelic experiences fasting in nature, way more potent than ayahuasca, mm-hmm. way more potent than any breath work I've done because I was actually able to have communion with my own soul and my own psyche. I had a conversation with my grandpa where I thanked him. I had a conversation with God. I had conversations with relatives. I mean, it was wild, Ashley. It It was freaking wild. But I got back and I reached down and I grabbed this handful of pebbles. And I said, wow, you know this. And I was talking to the group and I said, when I hold all of these pebbles in my hand, it was probably a hundred pebbles or something. This Each one of these pebbles was a time that I decided to close my heart that I decided because of being hurt, because of someone else's actions, I decided to disempower myself and close my own heart. And so when I drop these pebbles, I'm dropping all the times that I decided to close my own heart. I'm letting those go. Mm. And I'm i i mean, I'm crying right now just talking about it. And so the group was crying. It was just this powerful metaphor of like, well, we all walk on pebbles. We all pick them up. We all get rocks in our shoes, you know, but, but these are things that we actually have the power. And this is the key. We all have the power to let them go, but we have to choose to love ourselves enough to let them go mm. so that they don't make us sick, so that they don't cause disease, so that there's not psychoneuroimmunology making us completely unwell. And so that was this vision quest really gem of wisdom that came through was like, we can all drop the pebbles if we'd like, but maybe sometimes in our journey, we hold on to the pebbles because the pain is actually what connects us to the person, right. or the pain is actually what, uh, you know, unconsciously connects us to the thing that gives us identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Some people
1: have identity as overcomers. Look at the phrases that are out there. I'm a cancer survivor. It's like negative language. It's right. terrible language. Oh. Yeah. So, so really what, what my story and, and all of this is about is about looking down Touching your heart, forgiving yourself, forgiving your parents, letting them off the hook it doesn't mean that you have to forget everything it doesn't mean that people get to treat you poorly now and in the future. It just means that you release the pebbles, you release the cords, you release the strings of them holding your power anytime i'm I'm vicious or any anytime I'm resenting someone else there's literally and this has been measured by science, there is an energetic attachment to me and that person. Mm -hmm. You ever have a friend where like 30 years later, they're still talking about how their ex screwed them over? Right. (laughs) It's like, get over your shit, Right. but not to shame you, but like, hey, let me give you some tools and resources where you can finally cut that cord and move on with your life here because it's making you fat, sick, depressed, and that's why you're not with someone else because you're still attached to the past. So that's been a big, I would say the biggest journey for me. The biggest journey for me, is this continual process, Ashley, of like when the spiral comes around, because they always do. Mm -hmm. It comes around and maybe it's healed. It comes around, maybe it's not. Every time the spiral comes around, I ask myself, all right, how can I love myself a little bit more in this moment? How can I love you a little bit more in this moment? How can I just accept and have meaning and understanding? And what what meaning can I put onto the events? Because, and this is another concept that's crazy, all the things that happen, they're totally neutral. Everything that occurs is just an occurrence. If you look at facts, it's the meaning that we attach to it, right? And I'm not negating, and I'll wrap this up. I'm not negating people that have had sexual abuse, physical abuse, death, loss. These are very intense things. But the only way we can truly be at cause, which is not at fault. I can be at cause for something, but not at fault for it. Mm -hmm. The only way I can be at cause is to understand that I chose it at some level. I chose it. I chose these events. Oh gosh. So it's not an easy pill to swallow, but like that's at 30,000 feet where we can all take an honest look at is how is this happening for me?
0: Yes, oh, the ego doesn't like that, that.
1: though. Ego is upset when you say that. Ego's like, "What the hell do you mean this happened for me?" Right. You Were should you hear my crazy? kids,
0: my girls. I've, they've heard that from me from day one, and it's always like, "Well, what is the? There's something in that for me, mom." And I said, "Exactly." I mean we are, you will have the same vocabulary, the same conversations with your kids, but it's so amazing to come to this stage of their life and to hear them regurgitating everything I thought I didn't know was really working and now it's like oh it did work (laughs) they did learn everything from the things that I was inputting I want you to explain you had a mentor you're at some retreat and he had you write a list of everything you wanted in a relationship and then he switched it you. that's a cool I think people would really get a lot out of that because they can actually do that
1: yeah that's Uh awesome that's been a long time since I've thought about that actually it was in Las Vegas 2017. A couple of years after I started the show. And I had gotten some traction. Back in the day, the show was called Wellness Force Radio because I really loved at my current level of development, I loved this idea of harnessing the force of nature, harnessing water, harnessing wind. You know, we're all born with this force inside of us. But I later on, and I'll get back to your question. Later on, I I found that I actually did not resonate with the term force anymore the etymology and the energy of the tone of the word force did not do it for me anymore. I'm not trying to force things in my life any, at right. all. I replaced force with wisdom. So now the podcast is wellness and wisdom.
0: Your partner and, did that, by the way. You're
1: Oh, beautiful. you are good. Ashley, look, you guys, Ashley is good. Okay. She does her, <laughs> she does her work right now. Yeah. So we did a, a small mushroom journey, not a, not a huge dose, just enough to open hearts and, and breathe and, and I was explaining to her, like I, I just didn't feel an integrity with what I was doing anymore. It just didn't feel right, the word right. wellness for us. And so she turned to me and she said, well, why don't you just replace it with wisdom? Because isn't that what you're doing? And I was right. like, boom, like mm-hmm. light bulb. And that was it. Like that was, I knew, you know, you ever get an idea and it sticks to you?
0: Yes, I love
1: it. Like that, that was what happened. So, so yeah, so now to backtrack. And it's funny, I don't talk to this person anymore in Vegas, but at the right time, when we're all walking our path, we get attached to certain mentors and teachers mm-hmm. and they may serve us for a while, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they have to serve us forever. Right. It's just a beautiful timing of like us on the path. So... So he, he took me through this weekend in Vegas and I was really struggling at the time. I was, like I said, I was $80,000 in debt.
0: You only had you paid him $2,000.
1: I paid him like literally like my last right. money in the bank. It was like all I had. And I just trusted. I was like, you know what? Another surrender experiment.
0: <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. Right.
1: Another surrender experiment. Like I'm just going to trust again.
0: I love it, And
1: I would say like every single time I do that, it works out.
0: Yes. By the way, for all of us,
1: every single time we fully surrender and trust the thing mm. that we know is right, when we bypass the mind and when mm-hmm. we just trust, it always works out. So he takes me through an exercise that was very powerful. And I think we all get to do this maybe once a year. And he said, I want you to write down everything that you want in a business partner. Like what are their characteristics? What are their attributes? What's their personality? What do you enjoy about them? And I was in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Are you want to write down all these things? Okay, cool. And then the second part was even more confusing. He came back 30 minutes later and I had done, I'd written down like 20 things. And he said, good. Now I want you to write down everything that you want in a partner, everything that you want in a woman, you know, the mother of your children. And then I was like, what? what is the point of this exercise? Like, (laughs) right? I didn't get it at my level of development. And he came back about 30 minutes later and he said, great, I want you to cross off the ones that are based on physical intimacy. And I want you to circle the ones and match up the ones that are exactly the same because they are exactly the same. What you want in relationship is exactly what you want in business. And that's exactly how you get to show up in life. And it was like a complete brain melt and consciousness expansion because. I was always approaching businesses. What can I get? How can I grow? Who can I know? How can I climb the ladder? I was just mm-hmm. like in full scarcity mode. Right. And that decompression and peacefulness, it gave me a starting point to approach business and life in a different way. And of course, many, many, many lessons came after that, right? But that was a really big pivotal adjustment. Like... It took me one degree starting in San Diego, where I would have either ended up in Russia or Hawaii. And thank God I met him because it, it clicked me one degree over and allowed me to actually get somewhere amazing. That's sometimes all we need, you know, to get to get to our real dream, to to have our magic is right. is just one degree. We we don't need the golden ticket. We don't have to have like the the millions of dollars. We don't have to have the perfect connections. All we need is like one degree. Of adjustment, mm-hmm. one little degree of adjustment, and that can mean the world. That can mean the the uncovering of so much magic and so many good things that you couldn't even believe they would be possible. If somebody would have told me that I'd be sitting here with you now, with what's transpired since then, with many adjustments, I would have not believed you. I would have right. said, "Ah, eh, maybe for someone else," you know. Right. I love. But that. here we are.
0: Yeah, I love doing that. So. You went you've gone down the plant medicine journey and then you discovered breath work. And now you have decided that the plant medicine is not necessary anymore. And you've out you've moved on and you now teach breath work. I've interviewed people with breath work and I've done breath work. I've done breathwork work back in Sandy when when I lived in Carlsbad, I had a day spa. So that was like 2001 maybe. And I had hired these women that would come in and they did this, the, you know, all the things that we talk about now, they were coming to me then. And I did this breath work with this woman. She wanted me to hire her. And I'm thinking, who's going to do breath work? Like it was, you know, it was just not even a word back then, you know? And so, but when I hear you, the way you describe breath work, cause you go into the scientific, everything it's like so interesting, but, You are such a believer in it. And I've done some breath work with you as I've been walking (laughs) when I listen to you and I'm listening to a podcast and I'm really doing the breath work. And I, you tell me, you you just explain that where you're at with this breath work because it's
1: incredible. I thought I knew a lot. And then once on a podcast, I was interviewing a guest and he said, are you aware of what's breathing you? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, my body's breathing me. And he said, no, what created you is breathing you. God is breathing you. Inspiritus is Latin, right? Mm -hmm. To inspire. So I'm inspiring myself when I breathe. So when I take a big nasal breath and I fill my belly, we could just do it right now. I did. And actually, if you look at James Nestor's work, it's somewhere between three and five seconds in, three and five seconds out, repeated that gives you the biggest parasympathetic shift.
0: Okay.
1: So... Breathwork is, yes, it's the conscious and unconscious. It's the voluntary and involuntary lever. It's the only thing that we can do, actually, that allows our nervous system to relax. Yes, you can go drink. Yes, you can watch TV. Yes, you can eat chocolate ice cream till you puke. You can do all these things. I'm not saying you can't do them. And you might get some temporary reprieve. But I think what we're all looking for and what drew me to do and understand and practice and teach breath work was I wanted sustainable peace. I wanted sustainable growth. I wanted something that I could rely on that was my ally, my friend that I could go to in any situation where I felt unsafe or I felt like I couldn't do it or I'm not enough or when the monkey mind is crazy. So there's a, a few key aspects of breathing, right? The number one is the big one that I want everybody to really get. It's the It's the only lever we have for our central nervous system. It's the only thing that is voluntary and involuntary. That's the number one. Something breathes us, which is God, and we choose to breathe, which is us. Mm -hmm. That's the most beautiful and most simple part of breathing and breath work that I could ever say. So that's number one. Number two is there's so much physiology and changes going on in our body. We actually have four diaphragms, right? People think of the diaphragm behind the solar plexus as one- There's actually four, right? The Mm -hmm. perineum, the diaphragm here, a diaphragm in our throat, and one in our cranial that the cerebral spinal fluid filters through. So when we do conscious connected breathing, we not only get a recycling of energy through the body, but we also get our cerebral spinal fluid to recycle We get all of our chakras to be nourished by the breath. And we get a physiological dose of serotonin and of catecholamines and of all these positive hormones. And here's the coolest part. I mean, I've already like sold you on breathing, right? Right? Exactly. (laughs) There's more. There's more. When you do conscious connected belly breathing specifically, a lot of people, they breathe through their scalenes and their sternocleidomastoid and they have forward head posture, If you can open up the front of the body and if you can breathe with your neck open, if you can breathe up from your belly into your throat and then back down from your throat, exhale through the belly. So I always cue it like inhale through the nose, belly rises, exhale through the mouth, belly falls. And that's a really easy cue for all of us. Inhale through the nose, belly rises, fill your belly like it's a balloon, exhale, belly falls. Let your your belly button go to your spine. What's happening there is we have this thing Nothing massive, beautiful intelligence in our body called the enteric nervous system. And in the enteric nervous system, it's actually what helps regulate our stress. It's a hard wiring to the brain. It's a hard wiring to the CNS, their brother and sister, the ENS and the CNS. And the enteric nervous system goes all the way up the spine and it has nerve endings like tree roots. If you look at a cadaver, when you inhale and expand and contract and relax the diaphragm, You're actually physically toning, you're physically breathing, and you're physically pushing onto the nerve endings of your vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve is the prime determinant of how relaxed you are. We've all heard the term vagal tone. So when you're vagally toned, that means that the muscles and the afferent and efferent nerves that are going on in the ENS and the CNS, they're toned. They, They like each other. They have a relationship with one another. That's what toning is. It's not about like getting a bigger bicep. It's about activating neurons and activating communication between cells. So all of that included the nitric oxide benefits of nasal breathing, the release of stress, anti-stress hormones, the release of happy hormones, Not to mention weight loss. I've had people take the Breathe program and have weight loss benefits because they realized they weren't breathing at night and they were just eating the chocolate ice cream. They didn't stop to breathe. I mean, if we could do one more bomb drop on your show, it's like, take away this one other thing from the podcast. Most And coming from a guy that was 280, I know this path. Most of the time when we're eating food that we know we promised ourselves we wouldn't eat, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or when we're watching porn or buying things we don't need or having arguments to distract ourselves from the real painful stuff, all of this could be solved by us doing five to 10 conscious breaths. Mm. I guarantee you if you had a plate of Funyuns or whatever whatever the cheat food is, right. if you had a plate of something that you promised yourself you wouldn't eat, but yet you feel driven to do it because it's an addiction that's formed in the limbic brain that you know is going to give you temporary reprieve when really you're just seeking peaceful, sustainable peace, the best thing you can do is just breathe in through your nose, belly rises, breathe out through your mouth, belly falls. Do that five to 10 times. Then look at the food. And then if you've done enough training, you'll just realize that it had nothing to do with you being hungry. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with the food at all. It was that your body was seeking peace. Your nervous system wanted homeostasis. Your nervous system wanted to rest in itself instead of, out of body or disassociation, which is what happens with people with manic eating patterns or, you know, overeating patterns that are really deleterious to their health. So that's like the tip of the tip of the iceberg for breath work. There's so much more.
0: We, yeah, we can talk
1: sense. about if we have time, we can talk about the default mode network as well. But that's a really big piece to understand is we all can do it. It's free. And once you know how to do it, you can, it can be your friend for your whole life.
0: How often
1: do you do it? Do you do it once a day? I do it every day. I do it every day. I'm I'm fortunate enough here in the studio that I have a a sauna space, a Mm. red light sauna, Mm -hmm. and I, I typically do the breathing in there. But honestly, even on my screensaver for Zoom, I ask my clients or my guests or everyone, I say, hey, take three to five deep circular breaths. And I always do that before I come on a podcast too. Right. Breath work doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Right. Breath work can be one, three, seven, ten minutes. Um, I mean, for deeper journeys in catharsis, there's there's a path, you know, there's acute style breathing, there's wellness breathing, and then there's cathartic breathing. There's really only three ways to breathe. Right. And by the way, isn't that funny? It's like we inhale, we hold, we exhale. There's only three patterns right. of breath. There's only three ways to breathe. Huh. Breath brings you to the moment. Breath makes you well or breath makes you heal. That's essentially it. And there's patterns and, and techniques to get people there.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I will, we'll connect everybody to how they can get a hold of you for that. But I want to kind of wrap it up at the end here of your present time now as being a dad and the way I was listening to the 11 ways to conscious parent and every single one is struck a chord in me. And I just would love, do you know that I wrote them down if you don't have to, but I just, I kind of want to end on that because it's such a passion of mine. And I deal with so many kids that don't have conscious parents or haven't had that, the stuff that we've learned as, a you know, like we've been conscious parents and how important it is in this time of the world and where we're going and the world we're living in now. And, you know, it's just a different, we're not living in the same world when I was, You know, when we were growing up, it's just and and that's just it's a repeat. It's just on repeat and repeat and and these adults that are raising these little souls that are so highly more vibrational than any soul that you know that they know. You know, it's just a different. I like uh, how you
1: said that. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've these children are are so much more aware than way more.
1: Yeah. So. And we can leave a link for this. The, the title, if you go on Spotify is, um, it's a solo cast, 11 ways to be a more conscious parent. So first and foremost, I don't care if you do all 11. If you don't do this one, none of them work. It's, mm. it's doing the deepest and most authentic work to love yourself, to release the chords that you and I have talked about today and to encourage that in your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. That's it. If you do that one thing, Like, look, Gabor Maté, who I've tried to get him on the podcast for three years, he's coming. It's just, it's just taking a while. Right. But I love his work so much because he said, the greatest gift you can give to your children is a happy marriage. That's Mm -hmm. actually the greatest gift you could give to them. You would think, oh, it's Georgetown. It's, you know, the right clothes and having a car. No, none of that shit mattered. What matters the most is a husband and wife showing their children through example, through example. That they love each other, that they respect each other, that they care for each other, that they admire each other, that they are into each other. Like these of this is the unconscious modeling. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very deep right now into NLP. It's something that I'm gonna be podcasting and studying for a while before I before I teach others, I really get to have mastery of it myself. Right. But I can share a concept here, and it was from uh Dr. Milton. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the early pioneers in this space. And he created what's called the Milton Model. And he did it by studying not just professionals, but people that are at the highest levels of life, right? Um, Doctors, speakers, um, lawyers at that time. I think it was in the 50s and 60s. And what he found was that if you model greatness, if you model success, that there's always clues. Tony Robbins talks about this as well. If you model that, you actually are in training your unconscious mind. And when you entrain your unconscious mind to love yourself, to love your wife or husband, to love your boyfriend or girlfriend, the more you do that, the more you are being that. To go back to what you and I were talking about earlier. And when you're being that, Mm -hmm. when you're doing the work, it's a byproduct of you loving yourself enough to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then when you're doing the work, you start having the rewards of doing the work. But it started with being Right. It started with you acknowledging oh, 100%.
0: it. 100%. And I
1: feel like this gets wrapped up into confusion town because so many people go, oh, if I go to this weekend workshop, then I'm going to be healed. It's like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> not. Maybe you're right. going to do 50 ayahuasca sessions. And in those, your ego is going to get so inflated that you're going to attract all the meaning to why things have happened for you and that you don't need to be healed at all. And then you're going to go to a hundred more ceremonies and still be an asshole.
0: Yes. I know people oh like
1: gosh. that. Yes. I know people too. like that. Yes. So that's number one is, is do that. And maybe we don't have time to get through all 11, but I could go top three. Right. Sure. Go
0: top three. And then I'll so, bring a few things that I really liked about it. About. Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. The next one that's really, really vital. And I say vital because it'll give you vitality is having some type of stillness practice. Maybe it's not perfect meditation or using an app or whatever. It's just a process to check in with yourself. It's a mindfulness exercise. It could be as simple as like you and I right now, we're not going to do this. And you're, if you're in a car, you're not going to do this. But it could just literally close your eyes and take 10 deep breaths in through your nose, belly rises, exhale through your mouth, belly falls. That is a mindfulness practice. We get to stop making it so hard. We get to stop making mindfulness such a woo-woo thing. It's a very practical spiritual tool to be mindful. But it takes love for yourself, decision point, being, then it takes you doing it. And then the last one that I can share is, is about authenticity. Mm. If, if you are authentic with your child and you're not lying to your child, you're not telling your child one thing, but you actually believe another, they can feel it on some level. They can actually, your your kids know when you're full of shit. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Like my son, he knows when I'm upset. He'll come to me and he'll he's he's two and he'll just like look at me in a certain way. Mm-hmm, cute. And I, and I'm like, I can't hide from you. I can never <laughs> hide from you. Like, it just it's not possible. So because your kids feel it, like they they really feel they feel you trying to be something you're not, and they feel you when you're just being who you are. And when that's you're true. being who you are, there's no facade that's needed. So those are the three things. I mean, there's many more. But those are the three things that I've talked about in that solo cast. And by the way, every solo cast is like something I research. I I really take my time to understand like what are the experts saying about our ways of being. And um that's really important. I mean, look, I'm of course I'm gonna toot my own horn. Everybody gets to go to breathwork.io yes. and they get to purchase the breathe program. It's absolutely incredible. I haven't been on a podcast in actually three months. And oh. so yeah, it's really special actually, because I had the birth of my daughter and right. it's been about three months since I've been someone's guest. So, you know, from my heart, I would love to give everyone just completely half off the program. Oh. So if you go to breathwork.io, then you get half off the program. You just use the code MAGIC. Oh good. The code Thank magic you, you half off the program.
0: What okay. what is um what is it like now with a with having a daughter versus having a boy for you?
1: Did you see? How I took a breath before I answered that? <laughs> yeah. um, my son is like typical, like trucks, yelling, throwing, loveliness. Right. <laughs> He's such a lovely dude. I love him so much. And my daughter, I'm getting to know her. Of course, I love her unconditionally. I love them both unconditionally. But the relationship I have with my son, I, I turned to Carrie Michelle one day and I was like, how am I going to love her as much as I love him? Mm. How am I going to do that? I mean, I trust that I will. But I just have such a relationship with Nova. Like we went through so much for his birth and it's just been such a journey, you know, to to be his dad, my own spiritual process. I guess that's what's most exciting about the future, right? Is I don't know what loving two children feels like to the degree of where I am now. That's only Mm going to happen when she's two years old and he's four years old. Right. So, I mean, I can feel her femininity already. I can feel her softness. She's super vocal in the morning, like she'll just be like gah, 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 like like almost for an hour just strange. Oh, cute. Just vocal. Um, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to be a, a dad of a girl and a boy. I feel like we hit the jackpot, you know, having yeah. having a son, having a daughter like I'm done. I'm 43. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm oh, done. I know? love it.
0: But you no know, public schools, which I love too. I love that.
1: Never. My children yeah. will never touch public school. That's a whole podcast of its own.
0: I know. there are, There's so many things. And then the, the psychological thing.
1: hooks that are happening in public schools are so demonic. It's something that many of these kids could never come back from. The indoctrination that happens. Mm. Their brains are so malleable that once these ideas of hyper-liberalism and men, men birthing children and just this absolute uh-huh. fucking insanity that's happening in the world Mm-hmm. Once these ideas get impregnated in the minds of children, they may not ever come back. And sadly, we, we have someone in our family that this happened to. So I have oh, firsthand wow. experience of huh. this. I'm not going to say who it is, but, but, um, yeah, it's really sad to see the indoctrination in my own life and wow. to have personal experience. It's very sad. And so instead of fighting against it, anytime I fight against something, I just fuel it. So I'm not right. anti trans, I'm not yeah, anti homosexual, exactly. I'm not anti anything. Like no. you all can do whatever makes you happy.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm pro family. I'm pro love. I'm I'm pro setting an example to your children that replenishing the earth is part of our our wisdom and our duty here on on this plane of existence. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to contribute to that, that's fine. There's no shame in that either. But yeah, my kids will never touch public school, ever, ever, for any reason whatsoever.
0: And like, when it comes time. Body. When it yeah. comes time to college, but go there if it because no, my daughter no she, college as
1: well unless they want to and unless it's coming from a great place, right? Right. If it's coming from a great place and it's because they're actually interested in something and they want to go to a specific trade school. I mean, personally, personally, I believe everyone can get top-notch education by just diving right into the field they want.
0: Oh, me! Now, you're of talking course, my language.
1: Yeah, of course, you want to have like basic. Basic speaking and communication skills, actually advanced communication and speaking skills. If I were to design a school, and I know we get to go in a minute here. If I were to design a school for kids, I would design a school that would be called the self-love school. Mm -hmm. And in the self-love school, they would learn about their worthiness, their value, how to give and receive love, how to give and receive feedback, how to give and receive compassion to self and others. They would learn models of the world. They would learn communication from NLP. They would understand that they do have a purpose here on earth. And then I would, on top of all that, I would then layer the specific skills in the field that they want. And most likely what I would do is I just have them actually go and mentor with someone Mm -hmm. for a year in whatever they want to do then they can bypass three years of bullshit in some college that really they just went because their mom wanted a Syracuse sticker on the
0: back. Yeah, I know, oh, I heard you say that. I was like, so true, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, and I'm going, I'm in that place right now. She's a senior and it's just interesting because I was just going to college because that's what you're supposed to do, you know? And oh, it's
1: what you've been taught.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I've hired and fired people with master's degrees. I have no college education.
0: Yeah, look. Yeah, I'm not, I'm just, so I just loved listening to that.
1: But I do think it's valuable if someone feels genuinely called to it, right? Right, are they going to be a doctor or a lawyer?
0: or? Yeah, Yeah, there's specific training
1: that some people need, but for the rest, for the rest, just go mentor with somebody who's doing it. Work for free, work for free, live at home, have a part-time job. And commit yourself to that mentor for free and give them the best service possible. And in exchange, you get the best education of your life.
0: Yes, uh, mic drop. The whole podcast has been a mic drop, Josh.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> has been great, it. thank you. Oh, I yes. loved it.
0: Uh, so we can find you, You go get the breath work, Josh Trent um, on all, everything, right?
1: Yes, and, and like I said, you know, look, if you love what we've talked about, there's so much, if you just go to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast, I really mean this. Like it's been, we're actually going to move platforms soon. And so I'm on the new platform. I'm not going to be able to give discount codes, which is interesting, but I consider that to be a gift because I think really what I want to do is just have that program be a starting place for people that are serious about their own spiritual development. Mm -hmm. And so for another, I think four to six weeks before we move platforms, I have the ability to give discount codes. And so... Here we are, right? Perfect. And I think it's beautiful. So, yeah, breathwork.io and the code is magic for 50% off the program.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you finally.
1: Likewise. This has mm-hmm. been great, Ashley. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.